It's the White Willow Way, the podcast dedicated to showing you how to use smart design to make your house homier, more functional, and more valuable. Here's White Willow President Daniel Ott. Dan, tell me about surviving the municipal process. It's treacherous. It is. It's getting worse all the time. Um, I started this business um, and started doing things differently than a lot of other people. And one of the things I started doing differently was the fact that we actually went and got the building permit for people. Because before that, a lot of architectural firms would just do the drawings. Right. And that's how we used to do it when I was a contractor. We would get an architectural firm to do the drawings. And then as a contractor, we'd go and get the permit. But there are so many more people and contractors now who want nothing to do with getting the permit because it's gotten such a, an onerous task. And so has the perception of acquiring the permit changed or has the actual acquisition of the, the, the process of acquiring the permit changed? Both. Both. So the process changed first and, and now, now the perception And now the changed. perception has changed. Yes. So how hard is it to get a, generally to get a permit? So here's the first thing. When people say, I need a building permit, that's great. The building permit portion of it is only about 20% of the whole process. Really? And that part is actually easy. That's what, so what, in terms of that part, you walk in, you show them the plans, and an inspector looks at it, and that's it. Is that, have I got that right? No. So you have plans, and this is where some of the Confusion. differentiating thing yeah. happens, because you have plans examiners right. at the city. Right. Who will never actually see the job site. I see. So they're reviewing the plans to make sure that everything's up to code. Right. Is pretty much all that they're worried about. Which is what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Right. And then the inspector, completely different department, the first time they see the plans is the first time they show up on site to do an inspection. So I don't understand. Why wouldn't they have analyzed the plans before they show up on site? It's a waste of their time. I don't know. But wouldn't you, you be should able, ask one. Wouldn't you be able to make a far better judgment on what you're seeing if you already know what you're looking for? Perhaps, yes. except that they're, that they're, I think they're thinking, yeah. they're always on site looking at stuff. They so, know what they're looking okay. for. Okay, fair right? enough, fair enough. So they'll compare certain things that they see, um, uh, you know, a red flag gets raised right. in their mind of this is a specific thing I have to look for right. when they see it on site. Right. And they'll look at the plans to see if whoever at the, whether an engineer or the plans examiner at the city wrote something down specific to that situation to say, this is how it actually specifically has to lay out. And then they'll make sure it does. Right. Fair enough. That's what they're in there inspecting. Okay. Fair enough. So that doesn't sound so bad. Not really. No. So what's the, what's the eighty percent that that that's the hard part? Politics. Ah, the politics. Tell me about the politics of it. <laughs> you know, Mike, I hate politics. I yeah. never wanted to get into politics. And guess what? <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, the building department is that last twenty percent part. Right. They'll only accept your plans when you have all of the other clearances. And right. depending on the situation, there'll be different clearances that are needed. So the, the main thing that they look for is the zoning clearance. Right. So the zoning department. But sometimes in order to get a zoning clearance, there's 18 months of work. To get a zoning clearance. So when yes. you say zoning clearance, you mean the, the permission to rezone? Not even, no, not even rezone. You just need clearance to say this building is meeting the zoning of this property. Now the building department can accept the drawing. Right, which is like what should be just almost just... A computer question or a search. You'd think so, but zoning has kept changing and changing and changing. So there's all different things in order to get the, the zoning clearance. So sometimes we have to get a minor variance right? because something is not quite meeting the bylaws. Ex- give me an example of a minor variance. 
You're too close to the, 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 the property line, for yes. example, by an inch or a foot or whatever. Yeah, like. exactly. Right. So then we have to ask basically special permission to be able to do it. And right. that's a three-month process. I see. Minimum. And that can be held up by an ornery neighbor, I assume. Yes. However, the more ornery the neighbor, the more likely to get approved. Wait, because... stop, stop. Why is it more likely to be, get approved if you have an ornery neighbor? So what I find is when you have an ornery neighbor, yes. they come to complain. Right. But the problem is they have to have something legitimate to complain about. Right. So they start interrupting the chairperson of the meeting. Right. It's very much run like a court. Right. So, excuse me, sir, it's not your turn to talk. Right. Um, excuse me, sir, it's still not your turn to talk. <laughs> excuse me, sir, we're going to approve this now. No. Right? <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes. So, wow. So, okay. So, put, put aside the issue of an ordinary neighbor for a second. Yeah. So where are we now? We've got we've got the minor variance that can take three months. That can take three months. Yep. But then we also have say um, Halton Conservation or Hamilton Conservation, any conservation authority plus Niagara Escarpment Commission is on top of that. So as soon as you're anywhere close to any body of water, which according to the conservation authorities, a body of water is classified as a body of water if it's moving one day of the year. I see. So we've had places before where it's a dry ravine behind the house, but because when the snow melts in the spring, the water is rushing down the ravine, it's a body of water. I see. So now we have to go through conservation to have clearance to be able to do things. What's that like? It depends on the situation. So sometimes it's actually a blessing in disguise because they'll have their own bylaws, if you will, that have to be followed. And if we can follow their rules then we can bypass all the city rules. Ah. So sometimes it gets quite easy. Right. So we can get, if we can design, so Niagara Escarpment Commission is one of the, these big ones um, that everyone always gets scared of. But if we can design within their criteria, which is um, certain building height, um, things like the addition peak cannot be higher than the existing house peak. Right. Um, that doesn't mean it's not allowed. It's just if we can design within this sort of criteria, then they'll give us a clearance form. And so it's like a couple of weeks of emails back and forth, and we get a letter, and we go to the city with it. And that's not now. And now they can't say anything about anything, and we just bypass right to the building permit. You've got the golden ticket. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't always happen, but it is one of the things that we'll we'll try to do for sure. Yeah. Now, what? Tell me more about the eighty percent, other than than the, the, the overseeing bodies in terms of the conservation and the so that whole people. thing about the ornery neighbor. Yes. Okay. Um, they're rezoning of the whole cities are happening everywhere right now. Um, Oakville just got theirs in 2017, all new zoning for the whole city. So it's not static. Zoning is not static. No. Zoning is constantly evolving. Exactly. So um, in Burlington, for instance, they had um, site plan application, which every city does have for commercial. Right. But Burlington was doing it for residential areas as well. And what that would do is get a whole other committee involved, and it would take even longer. And they would have say on what materials were being used on the exterior facade, whether the house was blending in with the neighborhood or not. So even though the zoning on a particular house we designed had a 10-meter height, they made us design within 8.5 meters because that's what the neighbor's house was. I see. So then you get all these... Again, that's politics, right? right? Because the letter of the law says 10, but they're making us design with eight, within eight and a half, and that's only revealed after talking to them multiple times. So it's not like we could design the whole house and then apply for a building permit and start building. You have to design while talking with the city. 
and it just gets it's very very back and forth very back and forth. You know, I was told one time I applied for a, we were we were talking about a building permit and and they said that the permit process was so complicated that we should just go ahead and start building and then they'll let us know. <laughs> 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 and, and I said, ah, it's not working for me. No. But is it almost at that point? You can't start it, it obviously, it without was, a permit. Yeah. It was at that point. Yeah. And then cities like Hamilton now have a new position. Yeah. It's called permit enforcement. Ah. So what happens is there's this guy in Hamilton who drives around, and his sole job is to drive around and look for bins in driveways. And when he sees a bin, he checks if they have a building permit. If they don't have a building permit, he puts an order to comply on the door. And now those people call me and say, hey, we have this order to comply. We have to get a building permit. Um, we were just finishing our basement. The problem is most people are finishing the basement so they can rent it out, and that's what they're trying to stop. Right. And now we have to jump through 50 more hoops in order to make it work. Plus you have to pay a fine, which is equal to 50% of the building permit fee. What's the building permit fee? Well, it depends on the... I see. What's a typical per- building permit fee? It's usually... Building permits anywhere from 250 to 1000 bucks. This could cost you 500 bucks right off the hopper. Should you always get a building permit? Now that you have people like that right, driving around? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Now, I try to tell my clients it's not... I'm kind of biased yes. because I'm going to charge you more to go right. get you a building permit. Right. And I'm going to charge you more to do full permit drawings. Right. So you should probably ask somebody else. Right. But, <laughs> yes, otherwise you're going to get caught, have to jump through more hoops. And I'll give you a great example. So. Please. A lot of people will say, well, we're, replace- we're taking a bearing wallet in our house. We talked about this. Yes. And I'm putting a beam in, but I have an engineer stamp on the beam. So what's the building inspector going to say? Nothing, really. But here's a great example. A few weeks ago, I had to drive up to Milton, and I met with a client. I was just doing an inspection. They had fired their contractor, and they wanted a second opinion on the state of affairs and how things went together. And he'd taken some video during construction. And at this point, the beams are all covered in drywall and crown molding against it and everything. So trying to expose it would be very hard. And he was all concerned about the support structure underneath the ends of the beams. And I said, you know, it really shows a lot of shoddy workmanship, but structurally it's fine. I'd be more concerned in the fact that the engineer stamp calls for uh, through bolts every 12 inches and there are no through bolts in this entire beam. That might get your attention. Yeah. He goes, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so I found an alternative way to do it because there's no way to get through bolts in right. anymore um, and figured that out and wrote a report for him and sent it off. But I said a building inspector would have picked that up. Right. So even though you had an engineer stamp on the beam, right. the building inspector would have noticed that the contractor didn't follow what the engineer said. It's just nice to have a third party look at it so really the in this the building instructor in, in the building inspector is not the bad guy no he's, no he's 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 kind of the good guy yes for the most part for the most part a lot of people who will complain about the building inspectors are the people that have or the contractors that have had a lot of problems over the years i see right so then the building inspectors being harder on them Teacher doesn't like me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just because she has standards. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I played that card for a while. Oh, I did another uh, inspection out in Ajax uh, a few weeks ago as well. And it was a place that I had designed this time, though. And the plumber put holes everywhere through all kinds of structural members that he shouldn't be putting holes through. And the building inspector said, I need an engineer stamp on this before I can pass it. 
and rightly so, because they don't want liability. Right, but, right. Uh, so I had to do a whole inspection and get my engineer to write a report on if there was any fixing that we had to do and the, the holes that were okay the way they are, and that way the inspector would let it pass. So the, the client is looking at the inspector as the bad guy, but really it's his plumber who's the bad guy. So Daniel, tell me about individual um, um, building inspectors. Are, are there some, some ones that are more amenable or some ones that are um, um, easier to deal with and some ones that are more difficult to deal with? 100%. It's the same thing as engineers. Yeah. There's some that are great and there's some that are very hard to deal with. Yeah. So how much, how important is it to, to have someone who's experienced in the nuances of this dealing for you on your behalf to the client? I, I'd say it's very important. Um, you get a designer or a contractor on the inspector side of things who haven't dealt with it before and you're going to end up with problems. Um, it's similar to one of the first jobs I ever did when I was working in the field framing. The owner was an electrician, but he didn't own his own company. He worked under somebody. He decided to do the electrical for his own house. I see. And he failed his electrical inspection three times, <laughs> but he got really, really mad. But he'd never dealt with the inspectors before. I see. Right? So, And the same thing carries through for everything, right? When If you haven't dealt with the, the situation before, you're going to run into things that aren't correct. So when we do a building permit application, we have to have a lot of things in order, a lot of ducks in a row, if you will. And if you don't, if you're missing one of those ducks, they're going to do a whole lot of um, reviewing of the plans and everything, and then get to the point and say, yeah, but I'm missing this part. Right. And sometimes that part might be very small, and sometimes that part might be, well, now we have two months of working to get that part ready. But we could have done that at the whole time where we were getting everything else ready as well. And so if, now all of a sudden you're delaying your client. And of course, the most important and the most expensive element of any project is? Time. Time and labor. <laughs> Tell me about the other elements of that 20% that we talked about. The, 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 the so some of those ducks that we have to have in a row yes. are um, not just your structural in the building permit, but um, septic connections. So whether that is an actual septic bed in the back or it's city connections to the road, sometimes that's reviewed if we're adding enough bathrooms or if we're building enough of a new part of a house. We have to prove that the the water supply as well as the drainage system are adequately sized to service that size of a house. Um, your heating and your cooling of your house all has to be designed for what we're doing. And that can be as simple as if we take off a roof and we put a vaulted ceiling in a master bedroom, and that's the only thing we've changed, we've changed the volume of the air that the furnace is heating. And now we have to prove that the furnace is large enough. I see. So we need those sort of ducks in a row. That roof system that we've made that vaulted ceiling out of has to be engineered properly by the manufacturer of whoever's building those trusses to go in. So we need to have those ducks in a row. And, you know, it goes on and on. There's a, there's a, lot, of, there's a lot of things that have to be in a row. And when we do it all the time, we apply, we have all the, everything that we need, and things run much smoother. So to sum up, if you, if you don't have anyone talking to the municipality, you're out of your realm, and you need someone who's integrated with the project and the design of the project to make it happen in terms of dealing with the municipality. 100%, yes. Jeez, I wish you had said that. Let's put it in your words. Tell me what you think about that. Tell me, what, tell me what's the advantage of using your company based on your experience, just forget about the design, forget about the building, just in terms of using the, in terms of your experience in dealing with the municipal process. 
The first thing we do before we start designing is talk to the city. And we figure out what are we allowed to do here and what are the bylaws for around here. So maybe not even necessarily what meets the bylaw perfectly, but if we had a, a minor variance needed, what could we get away with? Right. And then we can design within that. Or we can go to clients like we did uh, last week and show them what is allowed, see them almost start crying and say, but don't worry, if we go for a variance, we can do this instead. And they're like, oh, thank you. And But if we had gone ahead and designed that whole secondary part to start with and then gone to them, we would have been stopped very quickly and then had a whole lot of um, stops and and uh, extra processes happen and extra time, of course, that we've already talked about, right? So we're talking to them back and forth all the time throughout the process. And it just, it makes everything run so much smoother. And when it comes time to actually build, then the contractor knows that we've already dealt with all of that stuff. And, and his side of things is going to go much smoother. And the inspector is going to be happy because all those ducks are all in a row. Beautiful. Dan, it was wonderful speaking with you. What are we going to speak about next time? I believe we're going to talk something about soundproofing. Soundproofing to keep the impolite sounds to yourself. That is one of them, for sure. <laughs> Thanks for this. It was such great fun speaking with you. Thanks, Mike. Okay. Beautiful. 20 minutes. Beautiful.